2: Stay on target. Maximum. Stay on target. Maximum.
0: Rothbard. <laughs> hello and welcome to the actual anarchy podcast the podcast where we talk about movies from a rothbardian anarcho-capitalist perspective tonight is episode 150 and we're going all the way to zombie land for this one so limber up kids so about to enjoy the little things like Twinkies and my co-host, Robert, how you doing?
1: Hey, everybody. It's still tender, but I'm here.
0: Yeah. So last week we talked about how your back was a little bit out of sorts and it sounds like you're a bit on the road to uh, mending. So that's good news for everyone, everyone who's very concerned about you and your health.
1: I know they're out there somewhere, but yeah, it, at its worst, it was taking me a good three to five minutes holding onto railings and holding onto do- car doors, trying to pull myself out of a car. But no, I pop in and out like it's nobody's business. I tied my shoes, put my shoes on, my socks on, in like record time today. It's it's it's, it's amazing.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you had such a speedy recovery. It must be that universal health care just taking care of everybody.
1: I, I do appreciate the government and their universal health care. Yes, for all the good things they do, and none of the <laughs> bad things.
0: See, I think if if we just say uh, positive things, even though we're being facetious and sarcastic. Uh, It'll get translated in a transcript that they do as if we're speaking in positive terms and we won't get demonetized or banned like the Libertarian Union YouTube channel did last week.
1: So it's like those Facebook posts where you couldn't talk about Alex Jones, but if you did, it had to be denouncing him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So only if you speak in the terms of the allowable opinion, as Tom Woods might say, uh, then you can get away with it. Right.
1: So we'll just do the heavily sarcastic podcast.
0: That sounds like a really good podcast, actually. I think we should do the Heavily Sarcastic podcast. Don't you just love government? <laughs> they're so great, so benevolent. Mm, all over my skin. But they're not as great as our guests who are going to be having on tonight to talk about Zombieland uh, when we get into the last nighter's portion of the show. And and I have, uh, how do you say, um, hashtag sarcasm off, or how how would you say that? HTML style <laughs> slash sarcasm, like end sarcasm. Hey everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Johnson, The Last Nighters. And The Last Nighters can be found on the Launchpad Media, where they're always launching new ideas in your direction. Check it out at the LaunchpadMedia.com. Tonight, we're going to be doing Zombieland on episode 92 of the show. You can find the show notes more at lastnighters.com slash 92. Uh, So we need to limber up and enjoy the little things as we welcome back our friend Rachel from Cannabis Heals Me to talk about this movie. She was with us just uh, a few short months ago, back in June, talking about Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And uh, she had originally wanted to do this Zombieland movie. But we were like, well, Zombieland 2 is going to come out in October. So why don't we, through the magic of the calendar, uh, shift things around a little bit. So we did Harold and Kumar back in June. And now here we are finally, after all this anticipation and waiting, we now can have the grace of your presence here with us. Rachel, welcome to the show.
2: You are so welcome. (laughs) No, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to talk about this. Maybe it's one of my favorites. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, Patrick is not here to ruin it for me. So
0: <laughs> he is a ruiner.
2: Uh, I'm still, I'm still bitter that y'all destroyed uh, Star the Star Wars uh, crap. Oh, one, the Rogue One. Rogue One. Yes, yes. P- plotted, pointed out all the plot holes in it, and I'm like, oh,
0: oh no. Yeah, yeah. It was a good movie until you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and of course, you're referring to Patty McFarlane from Liberty Weekly. One of our kind of sister shows. He's a he's a good friend of ours. But uh, before we get into the um, Google description, which is usually how we start these things off, uh, can you remind everyone what your show is about and where they can find it?
2: Sure. The show's called Cannabis Heals Me. It is on all the major podcast apps. And what we do on the show is I get people on to talk about their medical cannabis story and share it from their personal perspective of how cannabis has changed their life. I've had people come on and talk about how they went from 17 prescriptions to zero prescriptions. The cannabis replaced all their prescriptions. And, and it's not a miracle miracle plant, but you know, the government shouldn't stand between people and their medicine. So I'm trying to get the word out to people that there are medicinal benefits to the plant because there, there are still people, and in, in, I'm surrounded by them in East Texas, who feel that the plant has no medicinal benefits. I, I'm sure that probably comes as a shock to people that live in legal states like California and Colorado. But what I'm hoping is through the power of story, we can reach people and let them know that this plant does have medicinal benefits that you've been lied to for 80 years and kind of crack that hard exterior so that we can get those stories out there to them.
0: Yeah. I think oh. that's a, that's a very noble, uh, noble mission. And it's a little bit similar to uh, how we do our show. I mean, not with mm-hmm. the nobleness of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, we try to talk about something in a way, you know, have story and whatever to share a perspective that people might not be otherwise familiar with. And it sounds like you have a, another way of doing that but with actual stories of people and and the impact that that uh, cannabis has had in their lives for the positive.
2: Yeah. Well, we're hoping that that people who were prohibitionists like I used to be will listen to the show and then we also do I was doing episodes every every Monday we have a healing story come out and then I was doing every Thursday like a cannabis adjacent issue but we started my homeschool my son and we got back to the routine of doing homeschool and working from home and just didn't have time to put out two two episodes a week. And uh, so I've had to cut back on the Thursday shows. But when we do put them out, what we do is we talk about a cannabis adjacent issue like, you know, jury nullification or the constitutionality or the lack of constitutionality of prohibition laws and, and kind of introduce people who come from a background similar to mine that weren't aware of some of these issues. They or you know, civil asset forfeiture, those types of things so that we can educate people. Hey, you learn this new thing about cannabis now. Learn this other new thing, please.
0: Yeah, yeah, that does sound great. And we actually just did a series of movies where we interjected a lot of discussion about the drug war. We did uh, Clint Eastwood's *The Mule*, straight out of Compton, and um, what was the one that kicked that off, Robert? Where we snuck in some drug <laughs> drug war talk.
1: You're asking to test my memory. You're way better at this <laughs> than I am. I don't remember. I couldn't even tell you what we did last week.
0: <laughs> now, see, now I'm like, what did we do last week? <laughs> um, let's see which one. It was uh, Dune.
1: It was Dune we did last.
0: Dune, week. yeah, and Back to the Future. We talked drug war a little bit. Really?
1: We really talk drug war and Dune. There's a whole drugs and that. Thing.
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly. Well, let's get into the uh, Google description. And Robert, if there's any way you can stop bopping and booping the mic, <laughs> it would be beneficial to the to the format of the show here. Um, oh, You're,
1: is it is it really? Is oh, it
0: yeah, it's making all sorts of noise. Huh? But uh, okay,
1: it, I'll do my best.
0: But I didn't know that I was even doing anything. Okay. No, it's good. This is a professional outfit here. So <laughs> thank you guys. And if you like what we do here, support us at lastnighters.com slash Patreon or give us a rating and review on the old iTunes, which will help raise the profile of this very show so more eyeballs will get on it, or earballs, as we say, because this is a podcast. All right. So we start off the show with the Google description. So and, and this is relevant because Zombie Land Two Double Tap is uh, in theaters I think later this week or next week. So, Zombie Land came out in 2009. It's one hour, 28 minutes. It's a sci-fi slash adventure. 7.6 on IMDb, 90% Rotten Tomatoes, 73% Metacritic. However, 95% of Google users enjoyed this film. The description is, after a virus turns most people into zombies, the world's surviving humans remain locked in an ongoing battle against the hungry undead. Four survivors, Tallahassee and his cohorts, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock. Abide by a list of survival rules and zombie-killing strategies as they make their way toward a rumored safe haven in Los Angeles. It came out October second, two thousand nine. The director is Ruben Fleischer. Box office of one hundred and two point four million dollars against a budget of twenty three point six. So it did very, very well. And I actually saw this in the theater. I remember enjoying it at the time and have not seen it nor thought about it much since. And uh, just recently watched it. I want to say uh, two nights ago. So I am prepped. Rachel. Um, so let's get your take on the Google description. Then we'll go to Robert.
2: Well, first of all, it shouldn't be about Tallahassee. It should be Columbus. Cause he's like the guy that narrates the bulk of it. And then Columbus is the one who abides by the list of rules. The rest of them care less about his rules.
0: That's, those are very good points. And it reminds me the the rules that he talks about. And I want to get into this a little bit later, but uh, two other people I respect had rules, Murray um, Ann Rothbard and Tom Woods. And, one of Rothbard's big rules is uh, people always specialize in what they're worst at when it comes to like economics or philosophy. So like Milton Friedman was great on the minimum wage and like free market exchange and things like that. But he specialized in monetary theory and he was terrible at it. And uh, Tom Woods, one of his rules is nobody ever does anything. And what he means by that is nobody takes um, decisive action when it comes to working towards something like entrepreneurial. And, And he's not saying nobody does, but he's saying like the vast majority of people don't. So right. if you're the one who does do stuff, then you're uh, already at an advantage uh, to other people. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Robert, your take so far.
1: Well, I expected this movie. I, 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 I'm like you, I watched this. I think, I don't know if I was back in the theater or shortly thereafter on home release, but it it entered my brain and quickly left my brain. It didn't leave a big impression on me. And I must say, re-watching it, I can see why. Um, I'm eager to hear our guests take on this because it's clearly... Uh, she enjoyed it a great deal, but I didn't find there to be a whole lot of meat on this uh, zombie bone body. Um,
0: Wait, why are we alive when everybody around us has turned into meat, Robert? I don't what, what? That, That's like the opening <laughs> line. So, but yeah, See, yeah, you already remember this movie.
1: I'm I'm going off with some vague recollection, and I just finished watching it like 20 minutes ago.
0: Well, yeah. So let's let's bring our guest into the hot seat. You said this is one of your favorite movies. This is one you've wanted to do for a long time. We we intervened and said, no, Rachel, you have to wait until October. And here it is, October. So we're doing it. But what what makes this your favorite movie? And what themes or concepts do you think it has within it that makes it worthy of talking about from the perspective that we do on this show?
2: I like it because it doesn't take itself seriously. I don't like scary movies like Doctor Who and X Files. I don't like to the, watch they're too scary for me sometimes. So this is like a zombie movie, but it's not too scary. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's very quotable. I I love movies that are very quotable, like The Princess Bride. And this one, I I thought when Robert said earlier, that's a little tender. I thought he was referring to what, um, oh gosh, he's the cameo guy?
1: Bill Murray says. Bill Murray, yes. with his chest with the shotgun.
2: And that is exactly
1: what I was referring to.
2: Okay, good, good. I was like, okay, I I totally missed it. But but I thought that's what you're referring to when you said that. So and then, you know, it's time to nut up or shut up um, and just I don't know. Woody Harrelson's character is hilarious to me because, you know, I can imagine meeting a lot of those people in my home home county.
1: Well, I so. will say that this movie has a lot of style. And that's one of its strong points is the way that the the director used the, um, the text that would pop out whenever there was a rule. Yeah. And the way they just kind of set those up. That was, that was really cool and I really enjoyed a lot of that. And you're right, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but that's one of my problems with the movie because here you have this entire movie that's not taking itself too seriously. But then at the same time, you're supposed to also fall in love with these characters and worry about them when they're under attack by zombies. But the zombie attacks are all kind of filmed like a video game. Mm-hmm. And you know when people or characters are in peril, you're like, yeah, but they're not really because you know it's a video game and whatever. So, and it's a comedy and it doesn't take itself seriously. Now I enjoyed the, the lighthearted tone, but then when it tried to make me, you know, when it tried to have like a climax and it was finishing up, I was like, eh, it, it, it didn't have that impact for me because the whole movie, it seemed to like turn from one movie into another movie.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I liked it. And, and and re I mean, I liked it before in 2009, it wasn't anywhere close to being on the path that I'm on now, but kind of going back and, and watching it, it's one of the rare movies where that's ap- apocalyptic, where warlords haven't taken over and turned against all the weaker people, you know. I, I think it encaps encapsulates anarchy in the way that we would perceive it, in that people form voluntary associations and go and do what they want to do without, you know, having to worry about somebody pull them over for drinking in the car or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, I do agree with you, except. Our our main female characters are still trying to like rob like the male <laughs> characters for some reason. It's like even though there's like all this stuff, everything's free, and they're still like, "Oh no, I'm going to rob these guys." What?
2: I will have to say after rewatching it, I'm like, "What? Why would you do that?" And what if you gave him the shotgun and then he actually pulled the trigger before you could say, "Wait, stop!" Yeah,
1: blew your sister head so,
2: off. Yeah, exactly. So I don't really get that, but I guess it's kind of the meat cute of the of the movie. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's yeah, meant I mean, to you make a lot have of these characters that don't trust each other, that are loners, that are only used to taking care of themselves and then they learn at the end that they all need each other and they want to be around each other like a family. So, yeah, you got to have some story elements, but they seem a little contrived.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with you there, Robert. And and yeah, that was a point that I wanted to make is that, you know, back to the rules Uh, Lex Luthor has all these rules that he abides by to survive the zombie apocalypse, but apparently none of his rules have anything to do with firearm safety. (laughs) He doesn't respect any of those rules. You know, he he points it at willy nilly wherever, you know, you can only point it at what you're willing to destroy his fingers on the trigger all the time. Constantly. He's just like bipping and bopping with the gun. Uh, So I'm surprised that he survived as long as he did with how careless he was with firearms.
2: Well, poor Bill Murray bit it because of his lack of firearm safety.
0: Well, yeah, that was a ridiculous situation, right? Like, okay, (laughs) everyone is shooting zombies. So I'm going to pretend to be a zombie and try to scare a guy who has a shotgun. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: not the most well thought out uh, prank.
2: Well, you know, he said he never was a practical joker. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. In Bill Murray's defense. Yes. And, and he did admit it was a bit of a mistake. Uh, like Garfield. Yes. <laughs> do you
1: have any regrets? Well, Garfield, like Garfield.
0: <laughs> and I did enjoy Bill Murray's uh, cameo. Um, we, Robert and I have been uh, a big fan of Bill Murray for a long time. We've done a couple of his movies, uh, Groundhog Day, Scrooge, And um, we did at least one other one, right?
1: Ghostbusters, didn't
0: we? Yes. Yeah, we did do Ghostbusters. So you could say we're, we're a little bit of Bill Murray fans. And it was nice to see him in this. Uh, and I, and they had to, like, get him out, too, because he, he was only supposed to be in there for 10, 15 minutes total, right?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a great cameo.
1: I thought it was the highlight of the film. <laughs> I love Bill Murray. I thought he was hilarious. And he's so charismatic and charming. I wanted him on the screen the whole time. But, yeah, he was, he was here and gone way too quick for me.
0: Yeah, I love that he would dress up as a zombie to fit in with the other zombies so he could just still get out there and enjoy life. Yeah, and play golf. just walk
2: right on. Totally seems like something he would do. He's Uh, supposed to be in the new one, too, which I'm not sure how they're going to explain that.
0: Well, he didn't um, get double-tapped, right? Like, they shot shot him in the chest. That's true. And that apparently doesn't take a zombie out. You have to, like, crush the brain, right? Or or shoot the brain.
2: Well, he wasn't a zombie at the time he got shot, though.
0: Right, but wouldn't he become a zombie after being
2: uh, dead? I think you have to be bitten, don't you, to be a zombie? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the zombie rules are. Yeah, they're not clear in this film. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think I've seen movies where anyone who dies becomes a zombie, but then I've also seen, well, you have to be infected by one. Yeah,
1: where anyone dies and becomes a zombie is The Walking Dead. Um, That's one of them.
0: And that's like uh, the the proto-zombie. That's like where it started. So that is the so Nida, You're thinking of Nida. Oh. I'm talking about The Walking Dead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. My mistake. My mistake indeed. I'm not a
1: zombie expert. There's all kinds of different zombie movies, but I believe that's
0: The Walking Dead. Alright, that sounds about right. Hmm. So, what about the the Indians, the Native Americans. This movie was clearly at the period of time when Dave Chappelle could say whatever he wanted on his show, and it was funny, and people laughed and didn't get butthurt over it. This is not an uh, SJW-friendly movie. And they go to this um, trinket stand or souvenir shop that's Mm -hmm. Indian-themed, Native American-themed, and they destroy the place. While wearing headdresses and playing you know indian style wouldn't this be uh a cancel culture worthy event today and and is this movie recent enough to where it would affect people today the people who made this movie
2: well it's not like it was an ancient indian burial ground it was a trinket shop like you said so yeah i I, I mean i
1: I can't predict what people are going to be butthurt and hurt you know offended (laughs) by it's impossible you know i mean you can kind of predict some things but the level of outrage is such a low bar to jump over that this movie could make it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I just in watching the other night, I was like, oh, I wonder how that would play today. Like when I first saw it, it was probably just like, oh, haha, they're, you know, smashing a bunch of stuff up. Big deal, you know? But now it's like, oh, now you have to sort of weigh, okay, what's the cultural impact here?
2: Yeah. It was probably all made in China anyway. So,
0: yeah. And, and, uh, Mike C., uh, one of our prior guests and friends says that, uh, Blackface and things of that sort only count for bad people, not the pretty ones. So like Justin Trudeau can get away with it, but you know, <laughs> anyone else can't. Like Megyn Kelly, who we were talking about in the pre-show, uh, she got, she lost her job for even questioning why blackface would even be, like she didn't understand what the problem was and she asked the question. She got fired for that. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Trudeau can f- actually do it. Say he only did it the one time and then it's revealed later he did it two or three times and it's like not a big deal.
2: And it, because I mean, he has it the right problem. Even... Yeah. And it wasn't even blackface wasn't he playing Aladdin in a play?
0: Uh in yes. one of the instances yeah but I think I think there were some where he was um actually doing blackface. Mm. I, Which, don't know, I don't follow is. Canadian politics. Uh, it's a shit show so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know my wife and I we went to Iceland uh gosh almost 8 9 years ago now and we actually saw uh people dressed in blackface and it was shocking to us at the time because you're we like well you there's you know that would be pretty risque here and this is back in like 2011 2012 um and we asked people about it and they're like oh yeah it's kind of a normal thing in europe so really i don't really know i mean that's what we were told Hmm.
1: well what was it for because i mean blackface used to be you know actors playing like african-american roles in these movies when they didn't actually have black actors
0: yes they were definitely dressed up like in costume style but they were just like at a bar and it was in late November, early December, so I, it wasn't Halloween. I'll tell you that, but I don't know. Okay. And people get know. in trouble for Halloween, right? Like, uh, didn't um, Sean White, the snowboarder guy, like a year or two ago, get in trouble for being Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder? And then uh, didn't? Um... But Ben Stiller didn't get in trouble for being Simple Jack in <laughs> Tropic Thunder. <laughs> no, man. No. You see, the original source material is apparently fine, but if you emulate it, that's the problem. Um, what? And then some other person, like some famous woman, uh, she dressed, I want to say, as a pilgrim. And her boyfriend was maybe an Indian or something. And they were horror. being the first Thanksgiving for Halloween. And they caught hell for it, too. Mother of God.
2: Culture appropriation.
0: Yeah. See, it's the worst. It's like, it's literally Hitler. It's like,
2: wasn't there a college that body. put out a list of, yeah, I think there was a college maybe last year, or the year before, that put out a list of costumes that people could not wear. And it was like anything that had racial over like like an Indian costume or something, anything that could potentially trigger anyone. So basically you couldn't wear anything, I guess, except for slutty cat suits.
0: Well, that's going to offend my cat. So so there you go. Well, I
1: didn't like the city of Berkeley or was it the University of Berkeley put out that list of words that are offensive now, like manhole.
0: Oh, yeah, it was the city. It was the city. (laughs) And that reminds me of um, some uh, government building in Portland, Oregon just recently um, opted to not have urinals because it's apparently sexist to have urinals. So uh, I guess on the progressive scale of importance, uh, progressive values related to wokeness is more important than environmentalist causes because the urinals use like a third of the amount of water per flush than the toilets do. Awesome. So the
1: progressive values trump that. That's that's interesting. So we know where they live at. They, they exist on the hierarchy then. So the, the the progressive religious culture trumps the old environmentalists. That's awesome.
0: I love that you're using the word trumps because that, that's <laughs> triggering for them. And hierarchy is also triggering for them. So you're <laughs> you're gonna get canceled, my friend.
1: Well, that's about to I've been getting away far from that.
0: Indeed. Um so we already brought this up a little bit earlier, but the girls bait the guys into pretending like they need help or she's been bit and that uh, they need to shoot her and she's not, the bigger sister's not willing to do it. But like, like Rachel said, what if Woody was even more of a badass and heartless and just shot like right away? Like he didn't care, you know, then that whole thing would have ended tragically.
1: Yeah. It seems like a really contrived situation where it's either, it's just terrible strategy because yeah, you're, you're obviously putting yourself in danger. You know, you're falsely representing yourself to complete strangers. You have no idea who these people are. You don't know if. They're super hardcore killers, heartless, whatever. They've, you know, just got back from zombie nom or they're like Lex Luthor in the movie. They're like super timid still. So it seems like a bad strategy. So that's that's why it felt really just contrived for the movie, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And it also seemed like um, if they were seeking weapons or vehicles, they were there aplenty, right? They're somewhere in Texas. 99% of the population is dead or zombied. So you've got your pick of vehicles and probably, you know, firearms or whatever you'd want. It wouldn't take that much effort to locate such items. So why would they do this um, this bait slash trap situation to try to get the, you know, disarm these guys and then turn the tables on them?
1: Right. And I don't know about you. I, I, I They set it up kind of with the movie in the movie where the girls are kind of these scam artist people and they're just out for themselves, no worries. We don't care. We're going to screw over whoever.
0: I will say but that that that, that ring thing was um pretty slick.
1: It was, yeah, it was a slick thing, and I, I appreciated the cameo of the writer. He was the the gas station attendant guy, and he was also one of the um, guys that gets killed in the bathroom. Oh.
2: Okay, and John realized that
1: the the bathroom zombie is John C. Riley. well, the guy he was eating was the writer of the movie, who uh, also wrote uh, School of Rock. Fun fact.
0: Oh, interesting. Jack Black, like that guy? Yeah. Anyway, didn't mean but, to derail um, you there.
1: But wouldn't wouldn't the zombie apocalypse kind of give you the girls like more of an appreciation for the fact that there's like very very few humans left and that maybe it'd be better to cooperate and, you know, specialize, you know, division of labor style.
0: Right. Um, and Tallahassee is um he's very skilled at this, you know. He's a sturdy dude who has the ability to defend them and, and himself. And you would think that would be useful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess the girls don't see the value in that, but I, I don't know if I was in their position, I would definitely welcome somebody that had, that brought those tools to the table.
2: Well, they I mean, killed those three huge zombies before she came out of the back.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe she didn't see that, but I don't know. You see some tough dude <laughs> walking in. I don't know. I, I, I'd be tempted to just be like, hey, let's be friends instead right. of, hey, let's try and rob these guys when everything yeah. is free. I mean, it just, just doesn't make a lot of
0: sense. Yeah. And why was it so hard for him to find a freaking Twinkie? You'd think that they'd be in any gas station or convenience store, you know? I yeah, mean, I mean, the zombies aren't eating Twinkies,
1: right? They're not eating any of the
2: other food. That was another contrived thing for the movie. I don't know. Are they? All the zombies in the grocery store were really fat. Surely... Well, maybe they just sat there and waited for people to come to the grocery store and buy stuff.
0: Yeah, they seem to be pretty smart zombies and fast, you know, and they could climb things and like work out like how to get into things. But we saw that in um, Night of the Living Dead, right, Robert, when uh, they were all of a sudden like able to figure out how to get into that house at the end. Mm, Could be.
1: Yeah. It's the one thing that movies, yeah, zombie movies suffer from is consistency in their zombie abilities. Zombies are seem to just have whatever is needed and required for the scene to be able to do, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, that's like your va- uh, varying uh, superhero uh, power levels, right? Like, well, if it's convenient, he's going to have this limitation. And then later on, he'll make a grunty face and be able to overcome it. Yeah, it's
1: it's a it's a trope that's often used in comic books. And it's unfortunate that it's been transferred over to the big screen now with, you know, superhero movies being so popular.
0: So I I had a question about the plot just in general, where Tallahassee is, you know, they're all named for like where they're from, I guess. And he wants to go back to Florida and Columbus wants to go back to Ohio. But after they encounter these women and get uh, robbed, they end up following the women and going west to Disneyland. So I know that they said that, well, Columbus is, you know, not there anymore, but it seems like you're going one direction and then all of a sudden for almost no reason now they're heading West. And I didn't understand why that would be the case. I mean, you had to run into Bill Murray, I guess. So you had to have that plot convenience, but
1: yeah, it seems like the writers could have had them all going West anyway. I don't, I don't know. Or maybe him going to Columbus, and then finding out, but the Tallahassee guy, what, what, where was he going? I don't remember exactly.
2: I, I, I guess back to
1: Florida.
0: Yeah. They Jesse Eisenberg had said, uh, Oh, you're heading East. Well, we can, you know, Stick together like part of the way because I'm going to Columbus and he says, he says, uh, I'll give it to Tex Arcana, I think, because uh, he said that he uh, got the sense that Lex, Lex Luthor was a bit of a bitch.
1: Right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I, I don't think this movie was written with the intent of us really dissecting it this much. I think it was meant to be like, hey, just have a fun time, kill some zombies and, you know, spend an hour and a half of your time.
0: Yeah, now this that's w- what I do. This came out not too long after 300 and it felt like at least the opening title credits sort of had that same kind of vibe to it with the titles and the blood splatter and stuff. But then they didn't really do a lot of that stuff in the actual movie. Like the title sequence, I thought was like pretty gruesome, actually, like mm-hmm. especially the soccer mom comes yeah. flying out and then smacks into the road. And that was like yeah. to illustrate the rule number seven, you know, always wear your seatbelt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was the opening part was the. Probably, like you said, the more most gruesome part of the movie. The rest of it is, you know, like when Woody Harrelson cl- clops the the zombies head off at the grocery store. It doesn't show it; it just shows the the hedge trimmers sliding across, but it doesn't actually show the zombie. But compared to the gruesomeness of the opening scene, it's it's kind of strange. But
0: yeah, it's sort of like they they used all of their goriness in that in that and the CGI budget, I imagine, in that section. Yeah. And then the rest of it was just kind of like, oh, we'll kind of do this off screen or whatever and just have the four or five principal actor types. Uh, But I'd read that uh, this movie was actually originated as a television show, like a pilot. And so they had to like expand it and add some stuff to kind of make it worthy of being a longer, uh, you know, feature length. And it's it's only, what, 87 minutes. So it's like just barely a movie when it comes to that. (laughs) But I I think you can kind of tell that they had a premise and then they just had to put in some filler to get up that runtime a little bit here
1: yeah I, I i wonder what the um what the what kind of content they would have had for a, an entire series
0: there is a show called um z Nation that is probably two or three seasons in and they're they 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 seem to have things going on that keeps it keeps it lively and keeps it going and of course the walking dead's been around for eight nine years now right true but this would
1: be more like a like a, a rompy kind of action comedy right whereas those are i imagine are more serious i don't know about z nation but
0: yeah, Z Nation's probably uh, kind of a blend of these of the two, Walking Dead and then this. It's a little bit okay. more campy. And I guess the um, in the movie, they had the zombie kill of the week with the lady with the piano. I guess that was going to be one of the things they do each episode. There'd be a kill of the week.
2: Okay, oh, that'd be cool.
0: That explains that. Yeah. Well,
2: I also like Shaun of the Dead, which is another zombie movie that doesn't take itself so seriously.
0: Yeah, Shaun seen?
1: of the Dead is a great, great film. Um, Cornetto trilogy, right, Daniel?
0: That is that is what it is. Yeah, we did Hot Fuzz, and we had intended on doing Shaun of the Dead, I think, last year for Halloweenies, uh, which we didn't do. And then we were going to do um, whatever the third one is. At um, World's End? At World's End, yeah. But that kind of fell apart like the best laid plans often do. Uh, we're, we're not like super planners. We're not central planners what? with this whole show. We're, we're kind of seated in our pants and off the cuff, as it were. But uh, I think this year we're going to do The Karate Kid for Halloween.
1: Oh, they do have that one Halloween scene.
0: Yeah, and they're dressed as the skeletons. It's badass,
1: is it? And then Pat and Rita kicks their ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I really enjoy that YouTube video uh, where they uh, pin Daniel as the bully.
2: Yes, I love that one.
0: And it's very convincing because, like, yeah, if you really look at it from that perspective, yeah, he is kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He is kind of picking the fights.
2: (laughs) Have you have you watched Cobra Kai?
0: My wife and I just uh, finished halfway through the the season two, where, you know, it stopped being free. And I had all of season one. So now we're kind of at that point, where we're like, well, do we give them more money? And they, they did just shut down one of my channels. so I don't know. All right. <laughs> but it is I watched
2: the first season of that, but I haven't seen the second season.
0: Yeah. So the first five episodes of the second season are free on YouTube, at least at the moment, or they were as of a few days ago. But I think that's what they're doing. They're giving you a taste. Here's where we can get to the drug talk. And then they want you to pay. Getting and, you hooked. Yeah. And speaking of drug talk, um, this film was shot in Georgia uh, and Woody Harrelson got arrested for marijuana possession and it delayed shooting by a day because really? he got arrested in Just a day. Georgia. He's lucky. Yeah. It was probably just a, uh, you know, a minor slap on the wrist thing, but I don't know if it, is it's it nice still to have,
2: have money in Georgia?
0: <laughs> is it still illegal in Georgia? It's like totally or. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. I talked to a lady on my podcast, Sharon Ravert and a, the you know the rainbow people that go around and camp out in the national forest for you know a month or two. Oh yeah, they came, they, they came here to East Texas like back in the late '80s or '90s, and it was like all the rage, you know, because these hippies were coming to East Texas. Well, they set up in this county in Georgia where they showed up to do their uh, meetup. They set up like these they basically funneled them down to like two entrances to go into the national forest. And they were stopping the people and frisking them and doing internal searches of the women as they went into the park to check them for illegal drugs. And one guy got arrested for, I think some sort of toy that was in his car that it was not displayed. Uh, But they arrested him for that because I mean, they just made up all these trumped up charges. So their Spartacus Legal is is working on their defense in uh, in Georgia for a lot of these cases, and some of them were held in jail, oh, you know, for an extended period of time, like a month, over silly little charges. So, yeah, it's still illegal in Georgia.
0: And this is recent events in
2: Georgia in 2019. Wow, I don't remember the exact date. I think it was sometime this summer that I talked to her. But Sharon is the founder of Peachtree Normal. And she works, she volunteers with Spartacus Legal, which Catherine Bernard is, I don't know if she's the head person of that. She's the one that got the guy off on jury nullification in Georgia on a uh, a criminal drug charge. He was he was growing cannabis for uh, medical use and he got on the stand and said, look, this is medicine for me and my family. And the jury refused to convict him of a crime. And I think that was that was probably about a year ago when that case came out.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I remember seeing recently there was some uh, instruction from a judge that somebody had posted. I want to say in the Tom Woods group, where it was like, uh, "You, you will be told what the law is by the judge, and you will apply the law as it's instructed to you, and your own opinion on the matter does not count," or something along those lines. Which is, uh, as far as I understand, that's illegitimate and uh, inaccurate. But they can pretty much say yeah. whatever they want.
2: So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're gods in the in the courtroom. They can they can say every, anything they want. And that's why that's why it's important for people to know that they have rights like jury nullification. And if they don't want to enforce a stupid law, they don't have to.
0: Yeah, we saw that demonstrated in uh, My Cousin Vinny and we we had uh, Pat McFarlane on for that one.
2: Yeah, that's another one of my favorites. I I, I think I did listen to that one. I enjoyed that one. Y'all didn't run the movie for me on that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we usually do ruin some movies. That's that's for certain.
1: Um <laughs> Yeah,
2: I was going to say the critics I, in the critics. Right. I was going to say I posted something on my Facebook page with Woody Harrelson because he they have this thing where they'll write the, the patent number six, six, three, zero, five, zero, seven. It's a it's a U.S. patent. It's a patent that the U.S. government holds for cannabis as a neuroprotectant. And so some people will like write that on their hand and put it up and then take a picture and Woody Harrelson I had posted a picture of him doing that. And then some lady brought up the fact that, oh, he's associated with Jeffrey Epstein. So I like, Googled it and couldn't really find a strong connection between him and Jeffrey Epstein. But I thought that was interesting. She brought that up. I think it's interesting that
1: Woody Harrelson's father was like a mob hitman.
2: Yeah. Isn't he like in prison or something? Or is he yeah. dead?
1: Yeah. Or I don't know if he's dead, but yeah, he was in prison for a long time. I don't know why I brought that up, but <laughs> you're just bringing up weird anecdotes. So
2: There you go.
0: There you go. Yeah, I have some quotes from Woody uh, where he talks about, you know, anarchy and just might as well just leave people alone. But he does seem to be more of a um, sort of leftist variety, you know, so more for the libertinism and the uh, personal freedoms, but also economically illiterate in some respects.
2: Right. That's not surprising. It, yeah, I probably 99% of the country is economically illiterate. Uh, probably more.
0: <laughs> but
2: uh, I did hear... I did hear that on the Twinkie. It wasn't actually a Twinkie that he ate because he's like a vegan or vegetarian or something. So they had to make the special Twinkie for him to eat. So it wasn't like a real Twinkie. Awesome. Yeah, look Um, at all this stuff we're digging up.
0: Digging up for our audience. (laughs) Well, so we've pretty much run through most of the notes that I had taken on this thing and and they were not extensive. Um, Do you guys have anything else that you want to go over? We we do have a little bit more time. We could have always talked about the great Bill Murray.
2: Well, I just, you know, going back to your thing where you talk about, uh, when they went in and destroyed the property, I was more concerned about it from the fact that they're destroying private property, as opposed to the fact that it's something of a native American nature that they would just I mean, granted it's a zombie that owns the property now, but still, you know, that's his private property. Do they have the right to go in there and bust it up or to break into Bill Murray's house?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So Robert and I talk about sentience a lot. Does a zombie have sentience? They used to be aware, They used to own property, but now that they've become a zombie, have they lost the capacity of self-ownership and ownership of other things?
1: Well, I will say that we don't grant um, property rights to those that don't respect property rights, right? So, like, we don't say that birds that go around shitting on things can, like, own stuff. Um, And in that sense, zombies, they don't recognize your property rights, so they just try and eat you. So I would say that once the zombies starts trying to eat you, they've given up their right to anything.
0: So by that same logic, if we take it to a a bit of an extreme, but not really, uh, wouldn't you apply the same concepts to communists or socialists?
1: Are they immediately trying to actively rob you of your property rights? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, maybe not directly and imminently like um, in the moment, But they certainly are agitating for such, and they don't respect property rights.
1: Well, we could say the same about cops, right, and politicians. So I don't know where you want to draw any kind of line. Yeah. Do they they respect some property rights? So then do we grant some? Whereas I I don't think zombies respect any. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the cutoff. You just have to have some respect for some property rights in order to in order to have your own rights.
0: Well, property rights are a tool of the patriarchy, according to Mike C. And that's why (laughs) that's why everyone's against them. (laughs) Well, that's good. Well, what do you got, Rachel? Defend yourself. Why is this your favorite
2: movie? It's not my favorite. It's one of my favorites. Just because it's silly nonsense, you know. It's escape, pure escapism. You know, I'm I'm not a high minded person. I I don't necessarily like movies that make me think. Not that you know, I don't like to think. But when I watch entertainment, I want to unplug and be entertained. And this entertained me because it was funny, and I don't know. Even though there's plot holes, it didn't take itself seriously, and it's I found it funny
0: it's like the the popcorn flick you know it's there for flashy entertainment a little bit of kick-ass you know a little bit of quotes here and there but yeah you're you're not going to be left with like i really wonder what they were thinking about in that second act there you know
2: right but i mean it does have some quotable stuff like you know like i mentioned earlier and then there you know he says um jesse eisenberg says well you know what they say about revenge if you're going to do revenge you got to dig two graves and then Woody harrel says yeah one for the big bitch and one for the little bitch
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's a different take on that uh actually philosophical point <laughs> uh robert what do you what do you got anything uh else to go over on this one
1: no i just have complaints and nitpicks i think we've, <laughs> we've talked about the most of it um yeah I, I like you guys said it's it's a fun popcorn flick that you can just watch just for the pure entertainment value but i think like Daniel and I are saying it doesn't stick with you, Uh, you know, which is fine. It doesn't have to. Not every film has to inspire you to think about it, wonder about it, live in its world and cosplay as characters and write fan fiction and that kind of thing. It can't just be a way to kill an hour and a half and, you know, make it so you don't have to think about your real world problems. So I think that's where this movie is. That's what it was trying to do. And in that sense, it achieved it. It just it wasn't trying to do anything more. It wasn't really trying to get you to, you know, really care about the characters and really worry about their plight and I don't know, that kind of thing. It wasn't really trying to make a huge statement other than, you know, have these characters, you know, they had a little bit of character development, right? I mean, they went from, you know, being loners to recognizing that, hey, let's let's work together and hey, we like each other and let's hang out and support each other. And I'll even if I'm what is it, Tallahassee, I'll even put myself on the line. You know, in Columbus, they even put themselves on the line to rescue the girls instead of, you know, just looking out
0: for themselves. Yeah, a little bit of an arc, a little bit of a turn and a little bit of that division of labor and specialization like you were talking about. Yeah. I found that uh, the romantic angle was a little bit misplaced. Like, oh, boy,
1: I was cringing the
0: whole time. (laughs) That scene
1: where they're dancing. I was like, I don't even want to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know even how to say this, but my perception of that if it were to happen in real life, and I know, yes, it's a zombie movie, but what I mean is if you've got this Chad, who is Woody Harrelson, who's a badass, and mm-hmm. he's not that much older than, uh, what's her bucket? Um, Emma Stone, Emma Stone, Emma Stone compared to Jesse Eisenberg, who's this totally, you know, beta male soy boy, dude, I, I, I gotta say that the girl's probably nine out of 10 times going to go towards the Chad.
2: I would agree with that. I mean, who's yeah. attracted
1: to a wiener. Yeah, there's no argument here. Uh, Eisenberg, is total beta male wimp boy and why he is the romantic. I mean, I guess because they had to have the the, you know, the character turn and the development, whereas... But yeah, in reality,
0: I think you're absolutely right. That I mean, I don't want to speak for all women here. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You've stolen my dreams. Uh. Anyway, Um. yeah, I think, I think we kind of covered this one. It uh, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot here, but it is still a fun movie to to watch again so rachel thank you for that are you excited at all to see the next one because i'm a little bit surprised that a movie that after watching it i'm like well there's not a whole lot here so why are they making another one but it is you know 10 years later and it did Mm -hmm. it was a five beggar you know it it cost 20 million to make and it made 100 so does it have a cult following at all or was there was there like something that really brought this up to become uh, a sequel
2: I was surprised they were making a sequel 10 years later, but you know everybody's looking for a way to cash in. So I will go see it just because I I had fun. Like I said, I, I don't require a lot of thought-provoking stuff in my entertainment. I do enough thinking you know, with my other content that I consume. I, I like to just completely unplug when it comes to, uh, to entertainment.
0: Well, we've so. got a show for you. It's called The Last Nighters. <laughs> it comes out once a week on Perfect. Mondays. You don't have to think too hard about it. Perfect uh robert is this a, a movie you're gonna go see in the theater or do you have uh, a desire to see it at all no i'm afraid not
1: um <laughs> i might watch it if i have to watch it you know for the podcast or something or i might turn it on if if i've got unlimited data and I'm out, i am out, got out on my netflix or whatever um it is something the kind of movie that i might yeah like put on in the background or like have on and like you know half pay attention to um it's a it's it's the you know i was there is a market for this like i was I've got a fair amount of movies here with me at the cabin. And, you know, I don't have like a TV or necessarily a lot of data on my internet connection. So I've got all these movies I can watch. Well, I don't want to put on a movie that I really got to pay attention to because I got other things I got to do. But I do want to kind of have something in the background that kind of can entertain me here and there. So there is kind of... And so I found something that wasn't very challenging that I'd seen before. And, you know, I could tune in every once in a while and go, oh yeah, I remember that part and just kind of follow along for a little bit and then kind of tune out and do my thing. So I think that there is a market for this sort of entertainment. Like our guest has proven, you know, that you know, non-challenging stuff that has a broad appeal that you can just put on and enjoy. So, yeah, I I think there's definitely a market for it. I don't know if I'd spend money to go see in a theater, but I definitely could see watching it in that situation that I just described.
0: Yeah. Now, the escapism angle, I think, maybe plays a little bit extra when you consider the time that it did come out. It was right after the onset of the Great Recession, right? And I think that was one of the kind of anecdotes that came out of the Great Depression was, well, people wanted to get away. So, movies became popular despite being relatively expensive because... You know, people, there was really high unemployment back in you know, the 1930s. Um, so do you think that maybe that escapism and the economic downturn maybe played a role in it doing well? Yeah, that makes
1: sense. I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, 2009,
0: that makes sense.
1: I have a nice, fun little escapism flick. And, and it was before the world got really sick of zombies, too. I mean, The Walking Dead, I think it was going at the time, but it hadn't really caught on. And, you know, it, what, zombies weren't everywhere. But these days, I mean, if you're starving for zombie content, I mean, there's no, there's no shortage of it. And I think it's a little bit stale. So I'm surprised. I'll, I'm curious to see how this next one's going to do. If, if it's gonna...
2: I'll let you know, Robert. <laughs>
1: okay, good. Because it, it might have been a lightning in the bottle situation where Zombieland <laughs> really found its audience at the time. But now that zombies are kind of stale, everybody's like, eh, we've seen this before. No, thanks. Could be.
0: Yeah, well, we'll expect a full report from you, Rachel, and, um, you know, let us know. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do it for your next appearance. Probably not, but no worries, but we would love to have you back. Um, cause you're a good person and, uh, we enjoy having you on to talk about stuff and
2: Thanks. I, I enjoy it. Even though y'all think my movie picking sucks.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. I loved Harold Kumar. <laughs> you know, this NPH. <laughs> All right. Well, let's even start-
1: if the movie I don't like, even if I don't like them, I still like talking about them. So thank you, Rachel, for this.
2: You're welcome. I'm glad I could bring you 87 minutes of joy.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's start to wind this one down. So we do, uh, you know, a short summary and review and a score, uh, one to 10. So Rachel, you want to, you want to start us off?
2: Well, now that I've talked to y'all, I'm going to have to knock it off at 10, but I would say <laughs> probably eight for a pure escapism.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Very good. Uh, Robert, your take. Okay. Well, let me start off by saying that I'm a big Emma Stone I
2: mean, fan. Are you going to no, start your three-part apology?
1: <laughs> no. You want to see a hard-eck and punch? punch? First of all, I'm a huge Emma Stone fan. I remember, I've seen her before in movies like Spider-Man and whatnot, and it, she never really caught my eye. But then when I saw La La Land, just not a, my favorite movie of all time, but I was just like, wow, this chick can act, and she's gorgeous, and I'm a big fan. Then I go and I watch this movie, and I go, what's wrong here? I'm a big Emma Stone fan, but... I don't like her in this movie. And I don't think she's given you know much to do. Um, she's got way more range than, of course, is obviously in this film. But this movie wasn't trying to be anything other than what it was. So I can't really complain too much about that. But um, like we've said, it's mindless escapism. Um, I wish the I've seen better, like gory, like zombie killing stuff in like video games. And so I wish that was better. Um, for a splattery fun filled like zombie killing ride um i think they could hopefully they've upped their game in the next um but for this i'm gonna i can't really recommend i could i could recommend it but just don't have high expectations like it's not high art it's it's an hour and a half of mindless fun so it's like a six for me all right i'm
2: surprised it made a six
1: yeah yeah you I, it's I was not expecting...
2: terrible it's just not
1: <laughs> it's just nothing more than what it is and i can't i can't fault it but it's 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 not great at what it tries to be because, okay, I wanted it to be funnier than it was. And for me, I didn't laugh until Bill Murray was on the screen. And then when Bill <laughs> Murray died and he was off the screen, then I stopped laughing. And I wanted to laugh the whole time because I wanted it to be a fun-filled action comedy type movie. But it was only funny when Bill Murray was there. And so that was disappointing. But I was glad that Bill Murray was there to get some laughs. So maybe I'll it'll give it a five to five.
0: Wait, wait, wait. You just talked how great Bill Murray is and you knocked off a point? What the fuck? I was because he's add only a... on the
1: screen for like five minutes.
0: Right. And that should he that should be, be adding. Adding more. That should add a point.
1: <laughs> well, it could have not had is that his real house, by the way? Because that house is crazy.
0: Uh no, it, that's a house in, in Atlanta, in an area of Atlanta called Buckhead. Okay. But I think they had to make custom gates with the BM on it. Right.
2: <laughs> that's a it's a big BM. BM. Yeah. That's their
0: big <laughs> <game>. <laughs> and I love the art that he had of his of his of his self in there, you know, on every wall. Yeah,
2: the Warhol and the um, what was the other one? I forget.
0: I want to say he had one that was like him in Scrooged.
2: Mm. <laughs> but doesn't that seem like something he would do in real life though?
0: Oh yeah, totally. Probably see yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, so I, I'll go
0: with um, all the things that we've already said, you know, it's, it's a rollicking good time type movie. It's a popcorn flick. It's probably playing on the, you know, slapstick gore. It wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. I did enjoy it watching it in the theater, but I didn't really think about it since then until it got brought up for, a potential show for us to do and watching it again. Yeah. It kind of does have some holes in it. I now own it. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it again, but, uh, it, 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 it's still, you know, fun to watch and fun to talk about. And the Bill Murray cameo is great. So I gave it a bonus point for that. So where Robert started with a six and then demoted it due to the (laughs) lack of Bill Murray down to a five, I'm going to go up to a seven on this. So that's going to be my score.
1: That just shows the power of Bill Murray.
0: He's absolutely. He's amazing.
2: I mean he was able to rescue Charlie's Angels. Oh yeah, he's in that too. As um the Charlie, right? Not Charlie, the other guy, the buddy or the whatever he is. Yeah, Charlie's the, the voice, team. isn't he?
1: Yeah, but he's the, the leader guy, I forget his
0: name. Yeah, you guys know too much about this. I don't know anything about Charlie's Angels. But uh I do know since we talked about a theater and Zombieland two coming out, um, and it not being worth the trek for you, Robert. But I think there's another film that might be worth the trek, and I think we can make this happen for next. Are you sure for because next week? You have mentioned. Long have you
1: teased the idea of you leaving the house, and we all know that you have urine and feces in <laughs> mason jars lined all around the house, <laughs> and your fingernails are twelve feet long, and you wear diapers everywhere,
0: and you never leave the house. I'm making the this aviator. Is the guy
2: who lives in a trailer in the woods.
0: I'm making hey, Aviator hey, Two. Hey, we're not
2: talking about me right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for You're welcome. white knighting for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm making Aviator 2 here in the house. Um, but I think I may venture out because this movie's getting all this buzz. People are talking about it all over the place. And what an amazing um, performance, which you, you only can do amazing because of how good Heath Ledger did it. So I think we're going to try to do Joker next week. And we might have Shaheen. Our Batman guy, join us for that one. Well, I we might be I might be on Austin time when I'm doing
1: that recording, so I'll have to try and find a theater in Austin to watch it. Um, but that should be doable. I don't know if I can convince anybody else to go along with me, but uh,
0: we'll see. Well, I have heard that some theaters um, actually won't allow single ticket sales. Be- really? Because of the threat apparently associated with it, like all the, um, I guess it has to do with the theater shooting from like a decade ago. And some people are relating it to that. And so they're like, Oh, we don't want to sell single tickets, but I'm not taking my kids. So if I try to go see, it's going to be a single ticket. So we'll see. But I think that's what we're going to try to do. Robert Joker.
1: Okay. Well, we can try and do it, but do we have a backup in case it doesn't happen?
0: That will be a surprise. So okay. tune in next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Potentially not the Joker movie, but probably. If we can swing it. If, we'll we, try. if we can swing it. If we're, we'll give it our all, but we don't got too much. <laughs> but anyway, this has been our show. So, Rachel, thank you for joining us. Uh, people can find you at Cannabis Heals Me. That's your show. Yes. And uh, we'll have show notes with links to everything that you have on our show notes page at Uh Robert, tell the audience what they've won if they want to support us in any way.
1: Uh, you win a big fat thanks from me and Daniel. We both will give you virtual hugs and kisses if you want them on your non-swimsuit-covered areas only. <laughs> so, if you want to leave a you know a like, a thumbs up, if our YouTube channel still exists, then you could do that. You could review us on iTunes. You could support us on Patreon for as long as we're still on that. You know, you can do all those things. You can tell a friend about it. And then we'll give you the virtual high fives and the hugs, but only in the six. Yeah. Plus non-threatening. Okay. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, very good. Uh, Rachel, any, any final words for our audience before we do some potential uh, Kathleen Turnover Drive, which is available for our Patreon supporters and they can access that at lastnighters.com slash Patreon.
2: Nope. Just, I guess, check out the podcast if they're interested and continue to listen to actual Anarchy or the last nighters.
0: Either or they're both good. They're, they're the best shows on the internet. I got to right. say, that's right. I, I am not biased
2: not
0: at all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, audience. Thank you, Rachel. And uh, we'll get into some bonus content right after this. Uh, good night from last night, everyone. Okay. All right. We can continue for a few more minutes on the Actual Anarchy Podcast before we actually get into the actual bonus content, but you know, because the people listening to the last nighters version alone don't get this part. I had to refer to as if we were going straight into bonus content after the end of the last nighters, it's all confusing. Why am I cross-eyed? Anyway, Rachel, uh, you'd brought up the, um, the guys in the grocery store who were like the big fatty guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess one of those was the very first one from the opening scene where Eisenberg is like, you know, everyone's turned into meat. And, uh, rule number one is cardio. Uh, Mm -hmm. and the first ones to go were the fatties for obvious reasons, (laughs) (laughs) which I, I, you know, as soon as you see that, you know, you're not going to watch an SJ, you know, it's not an SJW. It's not a woke movie. Right. 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 And yeah. So it, I I thought it was pretty funny and, and
2: his, I thought it was hilarious and I'm a fatty, so I would be one of the first ones to go.
0: Well, see, then you wouldn't have anything to worry about. You'd just be like, Oh, I'm a zombie now. Now I don't have any, any property rights anymore, right, Robert?
1: Well, and see, wouldn't it, <laughs> isn't that a very real thing? Yeah, that the fatties would be the first to go. Oh, well, or the you know the dumb or the blind would probably or the the handicapped. But those are all protected classes, you know, where it's like you can't body shame people, you can't talk about the handicap like you know they actually have a handicap because that's offensive and whatever.
0: Well, in the mid 2000s you could, but not anymore. Right. Not anymore. Yeah, he got mad don't be a hero robert that's rule 17
2: did you write them down there i didn't get all of them <laughs>
0: uh yeah i well I, I found a quote that had them listed so it's rules to survive number one cardio number two double tap double tap number three check bathroom number four seat belt number five travel light and then it skips 16 limber up 17 don't be a hero 22 when in doubt know your way out 31, check the back seat. And 32, enjoy the little things. So there's a couple of missing ones in in the middle there. Not sure what they are. They apparently have nothing to do with firearm safety. Nope. Uh, But, But,
2: you know, the guy probably didn't shoot very many guns. You know, being the timid beta male that he is, he probably didn't shoot a whole lot of guns before Zombie Land. So there was nobody to teach him about gun safety and only point it at the things that you want to kill or harm.
0: This is
1: true. Yeah, and the the guns that the actors were using were so obviously bad and fake. And then the muzzle flashes and the reports were really bad.
0: Oh yeah. Like no, so, no recoil at all.
1: Yeah. like None, like zero yeah. recoil. They weren't even firing blanks. They were just like aiming and like pretending to shoot. So
2: yeah. Especially with that shotgun.
1: Yeah. That was like, what? So I, I don't know if they're trying to, you know, if they are just worried about, you know, putting a gun in a, a young girl's hands or whatever, or a rep fake, you know, replica gun or whatever. But, um, yeah, that was, I don't know. I could see why they were just kind of waving them around willy nilly because they're just like, well, these are just fake toy things. So who cares?
0: Yeah. And it kind of went in with the whole comic book vibe of this thing. You know, it it wasn't meant to be accurate (laughs) or realistic in that, in that respect. Um, You know, similarly, I mean, apparently the zombie apocalypse happened just a few weeks prior, but these guys are all relatively clean. Look like they've been showering and shaving and,
2: Except for Emma Stone, she wanted a shower.
0: Well, Emma Stone has sis-
2: no the little sister.
0: Well, Emma Stone had this raccoon eye ma- eye makeup on like the whole time. Yeah, um, you know, you, you know, that's not going to be a thing after the after the meltdown or whatever.
2: Okay, yeah, who cares? Rant what she time, like rant time <laughs> incoming. So triggered by Emma Stone. <laughs> so water doesn't flow, but electricity is everywhere.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. How is and that the powered? gas pump
2: still work? How long does gas stay good? Well, and how long does
1: the electricity required to pump the gas still there? I mean, yeah, without without people running the power plants, I would assume that they would degrade or not. I mean, it's been two weeks, I assume, but I don't think you just have if you just leave everything on, it's just fine. Is that is that how it works?
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe maybe the the zombies who were the power plant workers were so well-trained in the government schools with rote memorization and muscle memory that they just continued to do their power plant jobs after becoming zombies rather than eating uh, each other or (laughs) anything like that. They just continued to produce power. Yeah, because I think, I mean, from watching Chernobyl, and I know that's just nuclear power,
1: but I don't think, I think I, I don't think you can just walk away from a power plant and have it just continuously produce it unless you actually actually go in and physically turn things off. I think that they're the other way. Like you have to continually reassure them to, yes, it's okay to produce power. I could be wrong, but I think that's the way it is because otherwise if there's any kind of an accident, then you know they could explode. I don't know. It's probably the
2: windmills keeping it, keeping the grid powered and killing all the birds. Yeah. Yeah. A nice uh, little snack for the zombies.
0: Yeah, there are a few little holes. I think gas will will hold together for a while. Um, I know that there are stabilization tablets you can get that will make it uh, last longer, like a year or two. But yeah, if, if this just happened after a couple of weeks, then it's probably not that big of a deal. Um, oh, and there was one last other thing. Uh, Eisenberg, who was a bit of a shut-in and uh, very socially awkward, he had this dream girl show up at his apartment, and he was able to lay the Mac on her. So there were some skills apparently there. I didn't see them. But, uh, Apparently infected uh, zombie brain girl did, and then tried to eat him.
1: First girl. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I don't know. Guess Rachel. What do you What do you think? Does Eisenberg have any kind of skills, especially in this role?
2: Not really, other than the fact that he's probably one of the few viable males left. I mean, that may be the appeal. He's still alive, so he must be doing something right. I guess.
0: Oh, no, it's a supply and demand thing. I see. Yeah, yeah. bringing yeah, the yeah, economics. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> But of course, the demand is uh, commensurate with the number of females available, right? So yeah, it, you, you may have equilibrium. You know, in Zombieland,
2: who's gonna who's gonna have a better chance of surviving, men or women? Oh,
0: men! Oh, absolutely, men. <laughs> now I give it a coin toss. I don't even know. I think it depends
1: on what your skills are, what your skill set is, and it, like Eisenberg had all these rules, but he still didn't strike me as the survivalist. I mean, we're talking about you know a curve that uh, if you last a certain amount of time, eventually the zombies are all going to eat, eat each other or die off from starvation. I don't know what the rule, who knows what the rules are, but eventually you'd imagine that you'd run out of like electricity and gasoline, and then you'd have to rely on other skills. So yeah, I don't know whoever has more of those
2: skills.
0: Yeah. The more bear grills skills. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I think if there were a, a zombie apocalypse, I would find a way to get out to an, to an Island. I mean, I would, I would assume you'd be a little safer on an Island because I don't know, can zombies swim? They, they probably can't operate boats. Well,
0: we have a ferry system out here, and and it seems to run just fine. Actually, um, you know, we mentioned that this movie came out in the aftermath of uh, the Great Recession. And one of the reasons that, uh, well, let's see, you don't know this part yet. So I actually moved with my wife to an island to be more preppy or prepper style, Mm -hmm. to have like a body water between us and like a major city and so that was like kind of our mindset at the time. And now we live sort of in the foothills of the mountains in an area where not a lot of people are going to head this direction if, if uh, you know, society did break down, so to speak. But
2: yeah, my folks live up in Southeast Missouri. So that's, that's like, and they have 80 acres. So I think that's their plan is if, if anything goes south, they want us to head north, but they also live on the New Madrid Fault. And that makes me a little nervous too.
0: Oh yeah. that's like the biggest earthquake uh, uh, in the recorded history, right? Something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. So- and and apparently there was an earthquake there, not too long, like a little tremor because my sister had felt it. Uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, you need to look up the New Madrid Fault. I read a book on it, and it and it kind of scares me about that area.
0: Yeah, well, we've been told that we're going to uh, have an earthquake here uh, for uh, well the whole time we've been growing up here, right, Robert? Like it's been the big warning in the schools, and there was a big, relatively big one in Seattle in 2001, and I was actually in an area that the the ground li- was liquefied for a while, so the earthquake was like 30 seconds long and people were calling us immediately after to make sure we were okay. And we were still moving. Oh, wow. And there was a big bridge. The West Seattle bridge that was right over our building and you could see it swaying out the window, which was pretty scary to see, but yeah. the damage was actually rather minimal. Um, some bricks fell off some of the old buildings in Pioneer square. And that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Some, yeah, friends
2: bars, just, oh, some friends of ours live in Lake, Lake Hughes, California, mm-hmm. and they apparently had some tremors about a month or so ago and they've just moved out there earlier this year mm.
1: well all right yep well supposedly we live on the ring of fire and yeah we're, we're due for the big one i think it was a book written a couple decades ago about how seattle's due for something that's gonna kill everybody but it hasn't happened yet knock on wood
0: yeah the cascadia super earthquake or something like that i'm, I'm sure there's like a nat geo uh, documentary about it but or sharknado <laughs> it's it's probably as <laughs> Realistic as Sharknado. But anyway, uh, we should probably wind this down and we can continue uh, talking about just random stuff um, in the Kathleen Turner overdrive after this. So this has been episode 150 of the show. You are Rachel Kennerly of Cannabis Feels Me. So thanks again for being our guest. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with a review of Joker, if we can make it happen. So uh, good night, everyone, and maximum freedom.